everyone. This is uh, Mocha Juice. The Mocha Juice. Um, the Mocha Juice. The Mocha Juice. Um, and I love how you say that, too. The Mocha Juice? Yeah. it sounds. Doesn't it sound like something that you want to hear people saying? Yeah. I mean, it also sounds like... Um, it, it like just opened up near me like the mocha juice which it did you know it just opened up in my in my office my home it's office so true <laughs> uh but it also what is like what what juice is mocha colored like <laughs> um mocha color yeah mocha color i think we should stick with mocha color mocha color <laughs> mm, yeah um all right so i guess we could start uh so hi everyone uh this is the mocha juice um and we're a podcast um we're two really really good friends um the reason why we call it the mocha juice is because we are both juices (laughs) and we are mocha colored (laughs) we are brown mizrahi jews uh yes and proud af proud af um and uh, very progressive Jews. Um, we've been friends for how many years now? Wow. Um, at least since I was 13. You were 13? I, was I thought I was definitely... I thought I was like 17 or something when we met. 17. Well, you were you're like yeah. two years younger than me. And how old are you about to be? Well, no, you had to have been 17, right? Because you were already driving. I was driving, yeah. Or was it right before okay. I got my, my license? Um, we may have met right before you got your license. Yeah. Okay, so let's say 16. How old are you about to turn? 31. Cray, cray, yeah. cray. Yeah, exactly. So 15 years. Damn. Damn, damn, damn. Oh, my God. If we could, if we could go so back. 15. <laughs> if we could go back 15 years ago and tell, and tell our, our past selves what the world would be like. <laughs> Yeah, or that, like, we'd even be friends, or that 2020 would be a thing, or that we'd even, like, think the way that we think today. Yeah, exactly, exactly, and I I think this would be, like, um, a really good um, transition into just, like, a a quick uh, intro about ourselves, so if you want to start about, like, yourself, your ethnic background, and, like, like, even your political views, because this is more of a political-oriented podcast. Sure, yeah. Um, so my name's Angie. Um, I live in New York. Um, and I'm originally from New York. Uh, went to high school in New Jersey. Um, I went to the Israeli army for a while. Um, John did as well. We kind of, we have a very similar, um, similar upraising and kind of background and the things that we've done. We've just done them in a different order. Um, so it's going to hear like we're saying the same thing twice, but, uh, but yeah, it just happened that way. Um, so I, uh, went to the army when I was 17, I moved to Israel and packed up my bags and joined the military. Um, and I was in a field artillery unit um uh on the gaza strip for uh for a long time um seven years in total including um my reserve duty so exciting um and then after my army service i went to idc um and uh, i studied government 
And after that, uh, I started getting involved in, um, I mean, during that, right, during the time that I was at IBC, I started getting involved in tech. Um, I, after my bachelor's, I came back to New York, got my master's in cybersecurity. Um, and now I work uh, in cybersecurity. Um, and uh, yeah, and my political views. Um, so I think John and I are both very political, I guess, first our ethnic backgrounds. Right? Yeah. So, um, so my family, um, uh, I'm half uh, Persian, half Iranian, um, and half Moroccan. Um, but I was born in New York. I was born in America. So I'm an American in some sense. I'm also an Israeli in some sense, right? Because we lived there for so long. We were in the Israeli army. Um, but I also definitely connect a lot with my, my Iranian and my Moroccan identity as well. Um, and I feel like that really defines so much of who we are um, and our Mizrahi and our Sephardic background um, just really shapes us into into who we are. And um, we've really connected more and more with that and tried to, like, understand what that means to us as Jews. Um, and yeah, and my political views, I mean, I'm pretty, uh, pretty, you know, steering to the left. I'm pretty on the on the left side, if I could say, um, in all senses, um, in Israel and here and everywhere. Um, no, I'm kidding. But, you know, I am um, I am definitely uh, towards that side. Um, I'm super happy to listen to other people, obviously, and, and I respect everybody's uh, political opinions and their views. Um, but I definitely uh, and I think it's also really great because we're going to talk more about how um, how we really got to that place. Right. How we really got to uh, being more progressive, um, uh, specifically me, how I became more progressive in my views. Um, so I look forward to, to chatting about that in our podcast. Yeah, yeah. I mean, of course, because uh, both you and I, uh, before I get into my background, you and I grew up in like, I would say at least semi-conservative right wing Fox News watching families um, in the US, mm -hmm. but you know, our parents are Israeli. And um, we had these pretty conservative views up until not too long ago where we were just you know mm -hmm. we we thought the way we we were we were we grew up um and we're going to explore that a, a lot over throughout this podcast um so just about me like also i grew up in born and raised in jersey both my parents are israeli um my mom grew up in the but my mom grew up in the u.s um and my my mom's side is Iraqi and my dad's side is Yemenite. Um, the Jews call it Yemenite. The Muslims call it Yemeni, but I interchange, I, I interchange both terms. So uh, it gets confusing. Um, so also similar to Angie, uh, at the age of 18, I moved to Israel. I did a gap year. And then what's different between me and Angie is I did my degree first. So I studied, we studied at the same school. I did my degree. I finished my degree. Angie, I was telling Angie how I was going to the army. Angie was getting out of the army and she was telling me not to do it. <laughs> and I said I did not listen to her. Uh, so then I drafted, I, I did my mandatory service in Israel. Um, as an Israeli citizen, you have to do your service. Day one, I call Angie. I was like, what the fuck? And she's like, I told you. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. We'll I told get you. more into that. Um, <laughs> And uh, yeah, so then like worked for like another year and a half in Israel after I finished my military service. I don't know. I moved back to the East Coast. I'm now living in New York City as well. Uh, was working for a while and then the pandemic hit and now I'm unemployed. 
<laughs> in a recession <laughs> with political instability. It's all great right now. Um, it's great. It's wonderful. No stimulus on the way. Like, that's probably not going to happen. <laughs> uh, yeah, oy vey. And I guess, like, my political views, like, uh, someone Andy is very progressive, lean very left. I mean, I'm... I'm also very critical of the left, but I guess I'm just critical of everything. Like, obviously, I'm more critical of the right. Um, but I think I, like, economically, socially, all that, I lean very left. Um, on Israel especially, like, like I lean very, very left. And I think just, like, over the past few years, especially during the Trump era, I've, like, came to a better understanding of, like, politics and and just breaking down my viewpoints even further and and really fully understanding how things work so so <laughs> like you know i i think i just like that's just where my political world is right now i also try to challenge my viewpoints constantly and i'm also in a world like 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 you like our families are are still conservative or or center and and we have to deal with that constantly. So it's not like we're not exposed to those viewpoints as well. Like, yeah. Um, well, so I guess like the topic on everyone's minds was the dueling town halls that happened last night, which made no sense that they happened at the exact same time. But that is America and the Trump era where nothing really makes sense. So, uh, I mean, Angie, you you solely watched Trump's town hall. Um, what did you think? Yeah, so um, I thought it was amazing. I mean, my entire time that I was watching it, all I kept saying to myself was, why didn't I think of this earlier? Um, <laughs> Savannah, the, um, the host, she was just like, incredible. She was just putting him in his place and giving him the perfect questions and responding and following up with the best questions to all of his terrible responses. Um, and he was just stumbling over himself. Um, and it was so great to watch that the entire time I was just, why didn't we think of this earlier? Um, this was so much better than watching the debate that we had to watch two weeks ago, right? Because that was yeah. absolutely horrible. Like. It just, it was painful to watch also because I couldn't even really understand what their views were. Like there wasn't even like, as a, if, even if I were a person who wasn't, you know, who, who was flip-flopping and I wasn't necessarily sure and I was undecided and I didn't know who to vote for, there was no real agenda there for me to be able to base my thoughts off of. What am I like after watching that debate, I have no idea who thinks what. Um, and it was such a nightmare to watch that, and, you know, just the freaking shit show, to be honest, but, um, yeah. it was just so hard to watch. And yesterday I was just like, wow, this was, this was amazing. Why didn't I, why didn't I, you know, why didn't we do this earlier? Um, so it was so great. I, I appreciated every minute of it. I appreciated the host. I thought it was wonderful. Um, I would vote to have that over a Biden Trump debate any day. That's really funny you say that. Um, yeah, the the debate a few weeks ago was very painful. And uh, I mean, Trump's a little bitch. Like he he backed out of the debate. And then Joe Biden was like, all right, so I'll just do a town hall. And he's like, I'm going to do town hall, too, at the same time on a different network. I'm like, OK. <laughs> um, so it, it was really funny because I, I see a lot of like commentary online, like from the right, like, 
well, the 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 uh, the uh, host was like harder on Trump than than the host was on Biden. I'm like, they were on two different networks. It's not like they coordinated. Right. How you know what I mean? Like like Trump made his own bed with this one. Like if it was a debate, the host would have been equal to both of them. Right. Like that was Trump's fault, mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and he should he should be able to handle that totally. if he was a good president. Totally. And I think that even so, I mean. It's not like Biden was necessarily, you know, coming at it with lies as every other sentence that he was saying. Trump was straight up lying about things and the host was just calling him out on it and asking him the right questions. Um, And that was great. You you watched both of them. Right. So what what was that like? You were kind of, you know, going through um, flipping through both of them. So what what was that like for you? Well, so in the beginning, I wasn't. there was apparently like a whole thing on Twitter, like boycott NBC, like don't give him the view. So it's like, I'm not going to give him the view. And then I was like watching Joe Biden. So I'm like, interesting. Um, I, I already know his platform because I read his platform online. And, um, and like, it was like, it was interesting. Joe Biden is not the best speaker. He stutters a lot, but he doesn't lie. He was, you know, answering each question. Uh, the only thing he was kind of avoiding was, was like maybe talking about court packing and he said he'll have an answer a a firm stance on that by election day which like we all know or at least like we're hoping that he he supports court packing at least us on the left um and then like i saw you post on instagram that it was the funniest shit you've ever seen so i was like do I really watch it? So I, I turned on NBC and I was like, oh shit, this is hilarious. He's being eaten alive. So it was really, I was trying to like watch both at the same time and like flip, uh, flipping back and forth through commercial breaks. Um, and it was just, it was just so weird. The Trump one, first of all, there was that, I think she was a Jewish woman. She had to been Jewish uh, who kept complimenting Trump's smile. And I was like, that's so weird. Do you remember what I was talking about? Yeah, no, that was really, really, really weird. And she was still undecided. I'm like, oh, my God, that's yeah. so weird. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then he was lying about DACA and he was lying about taxes. And I was like, this is ridiculous. And Joe, like, Joe was dealt some tough questions. Like, there was uh, a, a Black audience member who asked him about, like, you know, he said a lot of young Black men will not vote. And it's not because they're going to vote for Trump. It's just they're not going to vote. Mm-hmm. How do you get their vote besides they ain't Black? Which I thought was a very good question. And Biden laid it out like you know he's like I said he stutters a lot but he does he does back up his his claims he does back up his policies and all that um and another really important part oh and just a background like I'm also gay like I didn't do that in the intro (laughs) so that like also influences my my uh political viewpoints as well um but he did talk about um uh trans women of color and how you know um, the, the fact that they experience violence and death and like and murder uh, he mentioned I, I he mentioned like how many were already murdered this year and 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 like I thought that was very powerful that a, a presidential candidate actually mentioned something that hasn't really been talked about a lot in mainstream American politics which is like trans people trans women and specifically trans women of color so I thought that was very very important um I think for the most part, he has the LGBTQ plus vote. Um, he has my vote. Um, uh, he's not my favorite person, like, you know, but I'm voting strategically. I'm voting, I'm voting blue because that's the option we have right now. Like, I wouldn't have chosen Biden, but 
Biden is what we have. So I voted, I'm voting for him. Um, so it was, it was just like, you know, like it was, it was kind of basic. Like his, his town hall was kind of basic. It was important. Um, it was just, you know, I wonder who, who kind of won it, I guess, like by, by all accounts, like Trump lost because mm-hmm. he just failed to answer any question. <laughs> And he came out as like a a little asshole. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 110%. But it, I, it's interesting that you also brought up um, the fact that he was talking. And this is probably like the first time that we've actually seen presidents who are nominate, you know, nominees for presidency that mm-hmm. are talking about issues like criminal justice reform, mm-hmm. uh, trans lives, like this isn't something that we've seen before. And it's like such a huge um, issue that is finally getting, uh, you know, some, and it's, it's insane because criminal justice reform is something that he spoke about. Um, and I didn't watch it, but I, I was obviously updated this morning. Um, he, he talked about it within like the first 40 minutes of, of the town hall. Right. He talked about yeah. it like super early out. And I think that that's so, that just shows that like they're, you know, we've really moved to like, a different world right like we're, we're starting to talk about these issues on on live cable television prime time when folks are really watching these town halls and that's so good that we're raising awareness about these things and that folks are actually uh learning about them because i feel like there's so many people who like don't it, it, it's not even something that they think about right it's not even something that necessarily matters to them maybe they don't follow you know people on instagram or on facebook that are posting mm-hmm. about criminal justice reform or exactly about lives and now suddenly you know they might get interested in it and and feel um and you know feel a certain way about it and have their own views about it for the first time well you and i both live in um in a social media echo chamber i mean you and i rarely use well i think you disabled your facebook but i i rarely yeah. use facebook because you know just some there are some crazies on my facebook mainly family members, but like everyone on my Instagram is essentially posting the same thing. So it's, it's, you know, we, we have to remind ourselves that we don't live in that America. It's just, we're a small subset of, you know, it's mainly our generation who lives in cities, who is just more liberal minded. Um, One more thing I will bring up about the town hall, um, Joe Biden's town hall. Um, Little thing that irked me also because Kamala brought it up in the, in the debate, they said they would not ban fracking. Um, climate is a big one for me. Um, but also he did specify that he would improve fracking and its impact on the environment. I don't know how you can do that, but sure. Um, but again, he has the most comprehensive plan to combat climate change. So uh, he has a green-ish New Deal plan mm-hmm. thing, Biden's plan. Uh, which I support. I mean, like, that's also, like, really good for the economy. Like, it's going to bring back jobs, and and we need that to happen. So I do support that. But I wish I wish she would, you know. I mean, I understand because, you know, you need to get rural votes to people who work in fracking and all that. You need to get their votes. And if you say, I'm going to ban fracking, then why, why the hell would they vote for you? Like, I get that's how America works. But um, I do wish, like you know, we could actually make an effort to, to ban the things that are not useful. Like for, yeah. 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 I, you know, I really felt that in the last, um, in the debate that they had, I mean, also the debate with, um, with the VPs, but yeah. also the, the presidential debate, it was just kind of, I realized how far away my views might be from the rest of society. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and I, and you know, it's, it's crazy to feel that way. I feel like there was also a point in my life where I felt that way in Israel as well. So like coming back mm-hmm. to the U S in the last few years and like experiencing now, like everything that's going on in the elections and the topics that they're talking about, I'm like, wow, I am once again in a place where my views are so far out from everyone else, right? When you start hearing them talk about like, oh, the Green New Deal? No, 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 that's not, we're, we don't support that. And I'm over here like, really? Like, mm-hmm. huh? or like talking about, uh, we are not going to stop frat. And I was like, oh, <laughs> but why? <laughs> you know, and it's it's crazy because mm-hmm. you're like, you're you're so you know like who who on this stage actually represents me AOC where's AOC because I need her on this stage like what is happening you know what I mean like it, yeah. it's so crazy to me that like the only people that I you know semi agree with on a lot of things are just, just we're like probably 10 years away from them actually running for presidency <laughs> more I think I mean I don't yeah. think I don't think with our, our political system we're able to elect people like that anytime soon but yeah I mean also listen like I, I AOC is not my favorite person and I yeah no you we know have, yeah we've got views on AOC we're gonna talk about yeah we're talking about AOC views. no hate on AOC like we we have no we, we have respect she's a respectable uh-huh. person and she represents my district. And she also faces a lot of racism and sexism. So so it's very important that we discuss her. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think we should move on to the next topic. And that's just us, American Jews, and their role in this election. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a few sources um, uh, about just like where American, American Jews stand politically and on the presidency this year. So um, the first organization we're going to talk about is Ben the Ark. Um, and Ben the Ark is, a, I think they're like a left-wing uh, advocacy group, um, a progressive Jewish group. Um, so they're really fighting a lot of Trump's agenda. I think specifically they were very active during the Muslim ban and things like that. Um, a, a lot of their slogans are like, Jews reject white nationalism, Jews reject Trump. But they came out with um, a poll uh, of, uh, of the Jewish vote on, uh, on 2020. Um, so, so that one, and then there's another one uh, that I have linked right here, and that's the Jewish Electoral Institute. So Ben the Ark is obviously more partisan. Jewish Electoral Institute is, is nonpartisan. Um, they just want to give you a snapshot of uh, what's going on with Jewish voters. Um, and both of their polls are very, very similar. Uh, the results are very, very similar. Um, uh, so good news is most American Jews, the vast majority of American Jews, disapprove of uh, President Trump um, and will vote for Joe Biden. So um, do you want me to go through some of the breakdowns here? Yeah, let's talk about it. I mean, especially if there's stuff about um about folks uh uh that i mean i'm interested to hear if there's anything separating um folks our age versus folks that that might be a little bit older so i don't see anything so what's interesting is both these polls don't break down uh demographics so so yeah before we get into it uh they don't really break down age and they don't really break down uh religious affiliation so uh reform reconstructionists conservative, orthodox, ultra-orthodox, and they don't break down ethnicity. So they don't go to Ashkenazi, Sephardi, Mizrahi, 
even if you go by like Persian, uh, uh, Persian, um, uh, uh, Syrian, Israeli, all that. So they don't really break it down, which I wish they did. But we can kind of guess. <laughs> so, um, so here's one from Ben the Ark. So 66% are, uh, view Trump as very unfavorable. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then only 13% view view him very favor- favorably. <laughs> so that means wow. where does our family lie? <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> Where does our family lie? Is such a good question. I think I think they um, lie in the eleven percent somewhat favorable category. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. I'm also so the um the other one that you were talking about um actually breaks it down and and a little bit more about how um young folks plan on voting like in person or not Mm -hmm. um it also states that younger jewish voters ages 18 to 29 have slightly more positive views of the protesters and the blm movement than the overall electorate the cnn national survey for example showed blm's image of 51 percent favorable and 38 percent unfavorable and older jews have positive feelings towards both groups by better than two to one interesting was this wait, was this on the Jewish Electoral Institute? Yes. Oh, yes. I missed that. Um, number eight. So number if you look eight. at number eight, it's uh, um, the one that's protesters marching for racial justice oh, yeah. and Black Lives Matter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, you're um, right. Yeah, it's very interesting. And then also about a little bit about folks, um, um, a little less than two-fifths of Jews under age 60 plan to vote on Election Day. Um, it's crazy how many people are going to vote early. Mm-hmm. It is insane. Insane. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm going to do it. I mean, you already put in your absentee ballot. And I'm I'm going to go in person. Um, and I, I want to vote in person because I feel like my vote will count that way. I mean, we live in New York. Like, we live in a blue state. I'm pretty sure our votes are going to count no matter what. And our state is going to go very blue. Like, that, it doesn't really matter. Um, I mean, your vote still matters. Go out and vote. One hundred and ten percent. Please go out. Please and go vote. out and vote. I'm also going to be volunteering. Well, actually, technically working because I'm getting paid uh, at the polls. Yeah, you are. Yeah, doesn't affect my Ooh. unemployment. Woohoo! Uh, so I will be working um, at the polls. I haven't decided which day, um, but I might do it on election day just for whatever. Just to feel more important. I don't know. Uh, uh, You're important no matter when you go out and volunteer, no matter when you plan on doing it, it is important. It's so important. um, There is another, so back to the polls, there is another really interesting point that it makes um, about just regions. Um, Mm -hmm. Jews are, Jews mainly live in, in four states. So it's, it's, (laughs) it's california new york new jersey and florida so three out of four are already going blue and one's a swing state Mm -hmm. so uh, floridians are already crazy and jews in florida i don't i don't know (laughs) (laughs) the jews in florida the The jews Jews in florida Florida. you know florida and and also they're doing business business. no they retire in florida they do business in new york and they retire in florida Ah, Ah. okay so um 
also we're gonna break out into random israeli accents throughout this so just bear with us um so yeah there's always there's over a million jewish voters in new york state and then like four hundred thousand in new jersey uh, nine hundred thousand in california and then seven hundred twenty two thousand in florida and i feel like you know also we have israelis in all three states in all four states <laughs> of course we do <laughs> i think it was california that had the um was it, it was either california or florida that had like the corvette that had like netanyahu and trump's image painted onto it yeah amazing remember that video? yeah i know that was disgusting um so yeah so jews i mean it, traditionally like in the united states american jews ashkenazi american jews have been more liberal, have, have liberal, liberal viewpoints and tend to, um, tend to um, vote Democrat. Um, and when you add a few more factors in, like how religious they are. So I, I would say that most modern Orthodox, and this is just my guess, but based on experience, would probably vote for Donald Trump. Uh, most Israeli Americans will de- definitely vote for Donald Trump, especially this, like what he's been doing in the Middle East with all the the UAE deals. And we'll get into like our viewpoints on that in another episode. But uh, on that as well, um, I would definitely say that like most um, most other Sephardic groups in the United States, like Bukharian, Syrian, Persian, will definitely vote for Donald Trump, um, but they're also a minority and clearly they're a minority in this. Um, there are some key issues that American Jews care about. And that is, first of all, the economy, um, a rise in anti-Semitism. Um, so um, there's a, there's a fact, there's a data point here that I wanted to bring up. Um, Uh, yeah, so more than 80% of Jewish voters believe the rise of anti-Semitism and white nationalism are very important issues to consider when deciding which candidate to support. So ne- nearly two-thirds of Jewish voters trust Joe Biden more on anti-Semitism, and one quarter of Jewish voters trust uh, Donald Trump more. Wow. Yeah. That's, That's insane. insane. That's insane. Because it's it's like, you know, when I talk to like people in Israel, they tell me how great Trump is doing for Israel and what amazing things he's doing and that there's never been a greater partner for Israel and all of these things. But people here are really recognizing that like he's doing nothing. You know what I mean? He's quite literally doing nothing. And the things that he is doing is just for show. Yeah. I mean, he's doing it for show. It's also not him. These things were like, I know we'll get into it, but like, Kushner. Yeah, it's Kushner, but it's also, they were going to happen anyway. Like yeah. these things were, the, the seeds were planted before the Trump era started. Um, another thing mm-hmm. is uh, in these, like in these sample, in these polls, 88% of Jewish voters identify as pro-Israel. Um, and I think you and I would also fall into that category. We're not like anti-Israel. hundred you know? percent. Uh, but yep. uh, a majority of uh, those voters are critical of s- uh, at least some current Israeli policies, Israeli government policies. Um, so that is also important to know. So Israel isn't necessarily the main factor for American Jews. But I mean, you, like like I said, we're we're American Israeli. Like our parents kind of vote on two main issues, and one is the economy, and the other one is Israel. Um, 
so no matter what israel's like number one like you can't have anyone that's too supportive of israel because you need someone that's too supportive of israel um which i find problematic problematic on many levels um so uh Jewish voters prioritize domestic policies over Israel when asked which issues are more important. Less than one-fifth of respondents said Israel is one of the most most important issues when deciding a candidate, which candidate to support. So again, like most American Jews don't really, you know, like they care about what's going on in the country. And like Israel is, is important, but it's not the most important. Um, and also after this analysis, we, we should definitely get into like Joe Biden's kind of stance on Israel as well. Yeah. Um, and I also, just to go mm-hmm. back to what you're saying, I think that it really has a lot to do with the fact that um, prior to this, mm-hmm. right, Israel was always like number one for everyone because they were just, we were, we were in a comfortable situation, right? We weren't going through anything that was so horrible in this country that we were like, you know, like we really need reform. We really need changes, whatever. Um, And we could consistently think about Israel as the forefront of everything. And we could consistently think of Israel as the number one priority for us when we think about who we're going to elect. And now it's like, we're looking at what's happening in the country and we're looking at everything that's going on around us. And we're saying, hold on, we love Israel. We fully support Israel and we want all of the best for Israel. But where does that, like, when do we have to say, what are the things that are really important to us that we need to take care of? Um, And also when you have a candidate that's really, you know, interested in in, in the same things that we are and interested in doing the same things that we are when it comes to Israel, um, um, how, how do we think about this? You know, how do we have a different perspective on it? And it's great. I mean, it's awesome that so many folks are really, um, are really open to this and not, you know, just blindly supporting Trump. Yeah, exactly. Which I feel happens. Yeah. I feel like that happens, right? I feel like a lot of folks like blindly support sometimes, especially, I mean, at least in the Jewish community and folks that I've spoken to, right? A lot of times they blindly support Republicans because they just think that it's going to be better for Israel. Um, and, and, it's, and it's good to see that that's not the case yeah, anymore. Yeah, I mean, but we also have to acknowledge that, I mean, two things. So number one, the Republicans support Israel because it's it's you know, it's to get the evangelical, white evangelical base because they support Israel mm-hmm. for their weird religious reasons because <laughs> they want all the Jews to move to Israel so the Messiah will come and then all of us will convert, will follow Jesus after that. And I'm like, okay, no, n- okay, no, please. So <laughs> <laughs> one, one religion, Let me know one when religion that happens. is enough for me. <laughs> for now, yeah. we'll see. For now. For now. Just for now. Just for now. Um, and, <laughs> and the other thing is that establishment Democrats, and there's a, establishment Democrats are very pro-Israel. Joe Biden, even Obama, mm-hmm. Nancy Pelosi, like uh, Chuck Schumer, uh, Cory Booker. These people are very, very pro-Israel. They're not anti-Israel in the slightest. Mm-hmm. They're, ba- they're barely critical of Israeli policy. And they might be like, oh, remember the Palestinians? We should do a little deal with the Palestinians. But they don't really, like, mm-hmm. care about, they don't really, like, they don't really express any critical concern. They, they don't express any criticisms of Israeli policy. Um, they might be a little bit tougher on Israel. And, like, my parents don't even like the slightest bit of criticism, which is ridiculous. Right. Um, and then you, you do in the Democratic Party, you see a small, yes, growing, but very, very small 
group of Democrats that are critical of Israeli policy. You have like the squad, AOC, Ilhan Omar, and then Bernie. Bernie. Yeah, and Bernie, Bernie's a Zionist. Like Bernie even said he was a Zionist. Mm-hmm. Bernie spent time on the kibbutz. He's a traditional labor Zionist. He believes in the existence of a Jewish state. He also believes in the existence of a Palestinian state. And the two should not be able to contradict each other. Um, so right. it's not like the Democratic Party is remotely anti-Israel. They're just not like, you know, how Republicans are rah, rah, rah about certain things. Waving Trump flags <laughs> and all that. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, another another important uh, uh, key data point here is that um, it seems like the Israel-UAE deal had no effect on the majority of Jewish voters and their view on Donald Trump. Uh, so Jewish voters trust Biden more uh, than Trump on Israel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it's amazing. So I watch the news in Israel almost on do, a daily yeah. basis. Um, yeah, which is crazy. But um, but when I do watch it and, and when this was happening, right, and they were like talking about the deals, um, all of the political analysts that they brought to sit at the table and talk about it just kept bringing up the same point. They just all kept saying, but we weren't at war with them. There was nothing. There's no peace treaty or there's nothing to sign because nothing's happening because we're not in the middle of a war with them. So we don't even understand how this makes sense, what this has to do with anything that's going on around us, um, aside from the fact that Omer Adam gets to fly now um, to Dubai and hang out with a bunch of apparently folks that know who he is and want him to perform there, which is crazy. Have you seen his pictures, his Instagram pics in Dubai? Omer Adam's in Dubai? Really? Oh my gosh, you have to go and check that out. Oh my yeah, God. very interesting. Yeah, and after him, uh, Goldstar, the, there's a, there's a show um, that, that is on uh, Hot TV. Um, Hot, Hot TV, Hot the TV. national, the Hot, Hot TV. TV is like the, uh, I guess like Verizon Fios of Israel. I, like Fios TV. Yeah, and they also have their yeah, own yeah. channels. Yes. And they also have their own channel. So on one of their channels, they also um, uh, play this uh, the show that they have. Um, it's called Golstar. Um, and uh, uh, next year, apparently, they're planning on going to uh, to film. Oh, that's it, crazy! Which is yeah, I know it's going to be awesome. I mean, up until now, they've mostly done it in like Brazil. Um, but now you have like all of these artists like Leon Narkis and Eden Benzaken and Omer Adam and everybody just wants to go there um, and, you know, have this opportunity to like have different projects there. And all these models are starting to talk about going there and all these things that they want to do. It's insane. It's insane. Um, so I'm happy for them. I'm very happy for them that they're capable of doing all of those things and they're so excited about it. But from a political perspective, right, we didn't really have and all the political analysts just kept asking this question. This isn't this isn't something that's necessary right now. And on top of that, um, and I don't think that this got enough coverage, in my opinion, in the U.S. at all. And nobody really talked about this in the middle of all of these deals being signed and Bibi and Sarah getting on their on their flight over, which was also right. a huge thing, right? They had like all of this discussion about if they should even be on the same plane as Kushner and the rest of the, the the folks from the White House and whatever else. And then they ended up taking the same plane as them and not taking a separate plane, even though COVID, whatever. Anyways, long story short, in the middle of all of these treaties or whatever being signed, you have Israel with insane numbers of mm-hmm. COVID cases, of new positive COVID cases every single day. And Israel is not 
it's there are people in Israel that are literally starving to death at the moment that do not have food on the table to provide to their families because of the situation that's going on there. When they had the lockdown, they don't allow takeaway. They don't allow, you know, takeout from restaurants. So you can't, all of the restaurant industry just completely and totally shut down. You had people that were just throwing out food in the garbage because they bought all of this to cook for the, for the, for the holiday, for the Chag, for Rosh Hashanah. And, you know, they were expecting all of these people to come to their restaurants, to come to their hotels. Um, and suddenly they told them, you know, as of tomorrow, you guys are all on Seger, you're on lockdown, and that's the end of it. Um, and they had to just get rid of all of this stuff. And you have all these people that have been unemployed um, for so long. They've been on Chalat, um, which is unemployment. Um, and and, they're, and th they're, they're getting nothing and they're living like, you know, they don't have enough money to put food on the table for their families. And while all of that's happening and all of these people are suffering from COVID and the healthcare system is crumbling and the hospitals are complaining about how insane it is and how many people they have and the fact that they have to move surgeries, um, you suddenly have uh, these, politi these political figures coming on and telling you we're signing these Right. deals right and there's it's so discouraging to watch that like where are your priorities you know your country your people are currently really suffering and they're having such a hard time and the economy is in such a bad place at the moment and people are literally having trouble being capable of putting food on the table for their families and you're here talking to me about how great your new um your new deals are going to be and that's not that's not what it's supposed to be about right now there's so many issues internally in your country that need to get taken care of this is the least of you know the least of their worries this is the last thing on earth that they care about and that's so hard to accept um and so hard to just look right at. exactly and i think this is a really good point about um right a lot of right-wing leadership around the world where you have like in brazil in the united states and israel um their priorities their priorities are never the people it's it's either you know you know something that's beneficial to the economy as a whole uh, at the expense of other people or or just like something that makes them look good for their electorate um where in israel was mm -hmm. the peace deal it was the peace quote-unquote peace deal um it was the supposed annexation which never happened but happens kind of every day uh, and all those things. So it's really important to just to, to know the difference between more liberal centrist leadership versus right wing heart like authoritarians who who just want to make themselves look good. They don't really give a shit about the people. Um, I just want to before we get off this topic yeah. about um, uh, just like the American Jewish vote, I wanted to bring up uh, Joe Biden's platform. Um, and one thing is he started his campaign in the primaries on the subject of anti-Semitism and what happened in Charlottesville. Um, and he mentioned that that was a driving factor in uh, why he decided to run for president. So um, he, he says, as president, Joe Biden will continue to ensure that the Jewish people, the Jewish state and Jewish values have an, un have the unbreakable support of the United States, um, which there's a lot to unpack there. Um, so there's mm -hmm. a whole, uh, page on his website about, uh, American Jews. And then like, obviously in that is lumped in into that is Israel. And that doesn't always have to be lumped in together in my opinion. Um, but he, 
he wants to combat um, the rise of anti-Semitism, um, which is, you know, very important, especially since it's it's been rising since Trump took office and white nationalists have, like, literally killed Jews. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, literally have murdered Jews in the United States. Um, so it's very important to, to that he has a stance on that. Um, because, you know, Trump claims to be the most pro-Jewish candidate. I know, I know, I know. Um, And then he goes on to just say how he has strong support for um, Israel, blah, blah, blah. We'll continue the, you know, military aid, which eh, we're not going to ever get that (laughs) to stop. Yeah. Wait, let me say, hold on. Let me just say something actually kind of important about what, like, you know, a a real thing. So Trump cut off his ties, right, with the Palestinian Authority. And I think that a major thing here is that, again, you're going to have somebody, you're going to have Biden, a person who is willing to communicate with the Palestinian side, who is willing to make an effort, (sighs) right, to have that conversation in one way or another, I mean, it may go well, it may go poorly, right? I'm not here to, yeah. to say what's going to happen and if Mahmoud Abbas is going to welcome him tomorrow with, uh, you know, with open arms. But, um, but I think that that's still something, right? He's not, he's not necessarily backing away from that idea altogether. And he's saying we're going to, to develop, hopefully, these ties again with the Palestinian Authority, with the PA, and see what we can do. Um, and see what kind of um, co- what kind of security cooperation we can get between the two countries. Um, and hopefully that brings us to a place closer um, uh, to to a to a potential resolution. Am I with you over here? Am I like yeah. I'm in La La Land? I'm in Hollywood. I, I mean, I'll, I'll break your <laughs> I'll break your little bubble and give you my opinion on it. Um, I think obviously he's going to he's going to reengage with the Palestinian leadership. Um, with Abbas and try to uh, reinstate peace talks, which might reinstate, like, which might happen. Like, I, I do think, like, peace talks will probably happen. It'll, um, but I don't think it'll go anywhere. I mean, we saw this with the Obama administration. I don't, like, I was in the, I was in the military um, as a, like, working as a foreign liaison in the IDF during the Obama administration. Like, mm-hmm. I saw, I just saw it going in circles. Like, it didn't go anywhere. I don't think, I don't. I don't think the Israeli government wants it. I don't know how much the the American government under a Biden administration will push for it. I don't think it's also going to be a priority during the first four years because we're ba- combating Corona. Like we have to revitalize the economy. There's a lot going on. So I don't know. I'll also say that Israel this year is not really my main issue. Like it's not really why I'm voting. Like either for or against. Yeah. Like. Um, like, I just think, like, there's going to, the status quo will continue for four more years. The only thing that will change is that the other Arab countries are going to continue to uh, warm up to Israel and and sign official uh, um, treaties or whatever, peace treaties that aren't really peace treaties, but business yeah. deals. Um, so I definitely think, like, again, it's not like a big deal. Like, he's, you know, also Kamala is even more to the right on Israel than Biden is like, she's, she's like APAC. Her husband's Jewish. She loves Israel. Like it's not like nothing's really going to change. And this is something I try to, I try to bring up to my parents, but they don't really give a shit. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, I'm just going to say that if anything, I hope that the ties that they do develop yeah. again with the PA um, are something that hopefully they can leverage in the future. If again, um, there is a need for the U.S. to intervene and to call in a ceasefire and to help um, in that kind of situation when when and if there's something happening, whether it's with Hamas or, or whether it's with um, with the PA um, and for them to be kind of that that voice that that comes out and, and tries to help in that kind of situation. So if anything comes out of it, I hope that at least. Yeah, I hope so that. too. I, I, I definitely hope so. Um, I, I wonder like, I, and this is a topic that we can discuss in like future episodes, just like what, uh, I guess like the future of this two state solution, uh, the status quo and like what the actual, what actually needs to be done to create like a peaceful resolution between Israelis and Palestinians, um, something that's equal and free for all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's again, like a separate episode. Um, yeah, but I, I, I am like back on the original topic. Like, I'm very happy that the majority of American Jews are very anti-Trump and very pro-Biden. So that makes me feel very good about that. But I, I, historically, it's always been like that. Jews lean uh, Democrat and, and, and less Republican. Um, so what are your, uh, what are your key issues, uh, since the election is coming out, what are your key issues this election besides vote Trump out? Because that's the, (laughs) (laughs) um, I, you know, it really feels like for the first time in a long time, you're like, you, you just completely and totally ignore all of the other issues because you're like, this is like the main thing that's standing in the way from me being capable of sleeping better at night. Um, uh, but yeah, I feel like really important mm-hmm. is healthcare, healthcare, healthcare. Um, another really important topic for me is the Supreme Court and what's going to happen there. Um, so I am deeply concerned about that. I don't know how much that's really obviously a key issue that's going with me to the election, but I'm, I'm deeply concerned about that. Um, but I feel like healthcare is such a major one. Um, criminal justice reform is another major one for me. Um, I want to see that. I want to see a lot of changes going on there. I want to see us taking folks out of prison that have gone in for drug use um, or anything related to drugs, really. Um, so I think that there's a lot to, to be done there. Um, I think that those are probably some of my major topics. Also, the environment, obviously. Um, science is yep. real. We should trust science. We should believe in the science. Um, so we. So that's obviously another major one for me. Um, yeah, that's how I see it. What do you think? Well, I mean, a year ago, it wouldn't have been COVID-19, but right now COVID-19 is number one priority because, but here we are. But here we Uh, are. COVID-19, because (laughs) we can't really get anything done until we, we get a, we get a handle on COVID-19. Um, and this is before we have a vaccine. Mm -hmm. Like we can't just let it, it's, it's spiking again in the U S like it disproportionately affects Brown and black communities. Um, it, has ne- obviously negatively affected the economy and I've lost my job. Um, so I also very much care about the economy. I'm not like some left-wing communist that, mm-hmm. you know, I'm actually kind of pro-capitalism. Like I would love for like, us to have a vibrant economy. I just want it to be regulated properly. And, and I want all work, you know, if you, have, you know, all workers to have a good living, if you work a job, you should be able to, you know, cover your expenses and live comfortably and not worry about, you know, making ends meet. Um, we're the richest country in the world after all. Um, and I want us to, you know, I want us Amen. to maintain that power. I want us to continue to be an economic powerhouse and not let a country like China take over. Um, uh, another, my main, main, main issue is the, is the environment just because it's, 
one of the most pressing um, because it's something that if we don't act now, it will affect us for it negatively for generations. Um, and it's, inter- it's inter- intertwined to everything. It's intertwined to, into the economy, into, into COVID-19, into, um, into racism in the United States. So that is a huge issue for me. Um, I think we could, you know, if you're very pro the economy, you should, you should, you know, believe climate change is real because then you can, you know, create new jobs through renewable energy. Um, and then I think one of another big one, which really concerns me lately is a, the rise of white nationalism and the rise of anti-Semitism. So white nationalism is really crazy, but also the rise of these conspiracy theories that are spreading around the U S and also around the world. Um, it seems like, Oh, yeah. More and more, like, these are probably, like, millions of people in the United States who believe in, like, QAnon. That's dangerous. There's no... Yeah. And I get it's hard to regulate. I don't know how the United States can do it, how, do you, how you can regulate misinformation on the internet. I mean, you, platforms can regulate it. Well, platforms can... You but they're not, in, they're not incentivized no. to. No. No. I mean, uh, yes, but they're also... And, and I say this as a person that very much... Um, believes in the in the continual uh, right. ability to, for freedom of speech and everything you're just going to get it knocked down right we've seen situations like this before we've seen things like this before um it's not i mean the u.s has to be able to regulate it in a way and put in regulations in place and they're not going to do that because right. the constitution okay um because it's part of our right uh for free speech etc um, so even if you try to put in those kind of reforms, it's not going to happen. I mean, there are great examples of it happening other places, right? So in Germany, for example, um, right. and this is so funny that I'm talking about this because I literally taught this to my students a couple weeks ago. Um, but we, you know, I taught them about how in Germany, as an example, Amazon um, gave them, you know, kind of a, a uh, they agreed to go along with what they, you know, with the, with the regulations that they put in place. And they even took off Mein Kampf um, from being able to be sold really? on the German Amazon, um, which is a huge deal. Yeah, which is a huge deal. And you can't see things like that happening in the United States um, because of, you know, the right to freedom of speech, because we can say and do as we want and put up stuff on the Internet as we want. Um, and we're not going to be able to get to that. It's not I don't think that it's I mean, the only thing that could happen is if, you know, I mean, Reddit, Twitter, and and Google and Facebook have made some moves. Facebook, I, I feel, being the slowest in combating this and limiting the spread of it, um, which you know they have community guidelines. They're they're allowed to monitor and, and regulate their own their own platform, but um, it's still mm-hmm. it's it's been spreading like it's it's there already. So um, and then you have like crazy yeah. like you know, forums like 4chan and 8chan and, and like, you know, like you can, you can, if you're looking, you'll be able to find misinformation. You'll be able to find um, things spread through WhatsApp. Like you can't regulate direct messages and and, uh, message groups. You can't regulate that information. Yeah. So um, I'm sure you've gotten some, some like fake memes in your family group chats this, this year about COVID-19 oh. and about the, about politics. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. I mean, who hasn't gotten them? Um, yeah. Uh, it's, it's been insane. And it's like, um, it's so, I don't, it's so weird that like all this stuff, like, why are you even, it, the, the yeah. infographs that like people make 
of stuff like that and send them out I'm just like what possesses you to sit down and even make something like this like what like okay you got on they don't even do it on Canva why tell me why because if it was a made on Canva (laughs) whatever (laughs) (laughs) he's like at least it would be pretty um yeah, no, it's just, it's not, it's it's crazy. It's ridiculous. Um, But they have, yeah. I mean, they can, right? If Twitter, suddenly now, right, Twitter has decided after when Trump got COVID, they were finally like, oh, yeah, we're going to, you know, like, try to regulate when people, like, make comments about um, death threats and, like, the president, like, dying or whatever else. Yeah. The squad was like, hello, good morning. Where have you been for the last few years where, like, this has just constantly yeah. been happening to us and, like, you're just ignoring it completely. By the way, I'm going to try to like refrain from saying you can guys say y'all or you guys or whatever. Yeah, I'm going to say y'all, yeah. I'm going to say folks, I'm going to say whatever, but like I'm purposely not saying that in case anybody like no. <laughs> calls us out on that or something. Like I'm per, per- yes, a person from New York is purposely saying y'all and folks because I don't want be gender, to gender say guys. Yeah, because we're trying to be as inclusive as we possibly can. So I um, wanted to talk to you yeah. about talking to our crazy families about politics. You can't. How do we talk to our families about politics? Uh, you can't. You can't I will do say, it. I mean, as we've mentioned it. before, like, it's really like, I mean, I've broken it down to three issues. Um, and the third one is. So it's economy. They're all, for the most part, small business owners. They have many business, small business, small business. Um, so they small can retire business. in Florida. Um, <laughs> uh, Israel is is obviously the main. Um, and then I guess now because of about uh, uh, with all the protesting and rioting, is uh, is just law and order and the police. Like they are pretty pro police, and like they are. I mean, I'll give like my parents mm-hmm. are pretty centrist like they are sympathetic to black lives matter um they are they problem is like my mom focuses on like the rioting and the looting when it's just like such a small portion of what's going on and and she purpose i feel like it's a it's a cop-out to just like say well they you know they lost me at this and i'm like you know like why why what does that have to do with the actual movement and what it stands for? Like you should be against it. Like if, if we didn't have, you know, racial inequality in this country, we wouldn't be having this, this rioting and the, and the looting. Like, you know, no one's dying from this. Uh, no. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. No, I, I think you're right. I think that yeah. there are a lot of times they're focusing more on that um, instead of focusing on other things. Right. That's a real problem. Um but it's 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 also like kind of giving them, you know, an out, like it's giving them a way to, to kind of steer away from that. I also think that a lot of things that we're doing on the left, right, like when we continually use um, terms, for example, right, when we continually right, say things right. like defund the police, um, which, right. you know, we have our views on and all. But the term defund the police automatically like right. raises this huge red flag to a lot of people who might kind of be in the center, who might kind of be thinking about who, you know, what side they lean towards more. And suddenly when you say to them, defund the police, you know, they're shitting their pants and they're like, I don't, I don't want to defund the police. You know, like, that's right, really scary right. to me. Who am I going to call if something happens? I don't know what that means. And they're not even going to read into it because the term that's just in front of their face is defund. 
and that's all they see and all they're thinking is okay so no more police i can't i i can't support something like that when at the same time what's also hysterical right because we watch right. everything and joe biden is still exactly, like i'm not exactly. for defunding the police i don't know <laughs> i don't know what you're talking about i don't know where you got this accusation but like you constantly have like pence and trump just being like the radical left wants to defund and take away and dismantle the police and we're like oh you know yeah biden biden like is not the radical left and the radical left hates biden and if they're voting for biden it's because they hate trump more it's not you know it's it's not (laughs) like i said joe biden's not my favorite person um and i i I do have like a i have i have a cousin who is like in her early mid 40s and she was a you know she's a cop and she's retired now so in the in in the nypd you can retire after 20 years did you know that <laughs> i know and now she's like oh. i know i know oh. my, dream Hello, is to my dream retire after 20 years so she's in her mid-40s like living the dream in in uh in um in long island and like you know great that's great for you but she ca- literally called called joe biden a communist and i'm like first of all Communists don't like Joe Biden. I hope you know that. Joe Biden is not a communist, but you retired after 20 years. You're getting a state pension. You're getting a pension funded by the state. <laughs> like, what, what, what the fuck? Yeah. I don't get that. I don't get a comfortable salary yeah. and a, a pension funded by the state. You know, I'm hoping that my retirement plan, like, I'll actually have a retirement plan by the time I retire. Um, yeah, you're hoping that your unemployment sticks around after even, elections, y- like yeah, and you know, I, I definitely remind right myself now. that I'm privileged and I'm, you know, I have savings. And worst comes to worst, my family will will help me out. But yeah, like it's it's like it's such BS. Like they don't. They also see like you know, oh, New York yeah. is destroyed. All the money is left in New York, and I'm like, first of all, I don't own property in New York. I wish I did. I mean, I'm glad I don't right now. But now I, I like have an option, like a, a potential opportunity to buy something in New York City, and I also like you know mm-hmm. I live downtown. I live near where the protests were were happening, where the where the supposed like rioting and looting was happening, and it wasn't bad at all. It wasn't. I never felt like my life was in danger. The only time I felt like I I was a little bit tensed up was when New York City imposed a curfew back in the summer and you know, seeing police everywhere because I do leave, live near a police precinct and I live near City Hall. Um, but I don't feel like New York is in flames, you know? Like, like I live downtown. I live in Manhattan. You live in Queens. Like, mm-hmm. it's not... New York is still there. New York is still... It's going to maybe change, but it's not going to be bad. I kind I kind of like it. Yeah, yeah. And even... Yeah, I mean, yeah. I I kind of like New York, um, yeah. right? So I'll I'll talk about that. But I mean, even the protests in Queens, like that I attended, all safe, all yeah. like I felt perfectly fine. There were cops there, but I didn't feel like anything bad was really happening. Um, I felt totally good about that. But yeah, I mean, first of all, I'm happy that a bunch of the people right. that were here have left. Sorry, not sorry. Like, don't care. There were just a lot of people here that. Um, that left that were just you know right not in it mm-hmm. to to for the long run and that's cool i mean be out whatever exactly. don't care more opportunities for the rest of us right more opportunity for folks to be able that actually want to stay here that actually believe in the city that actually want um exactly. this place to continue to to flourish to be able to actually buy property here 
Um, we love New York. I love the people, the New Yorkers. I love being surrounded by New Yorkers. But yeah, there's no, there's no doubt that like a lot of the, you know, the, the chevres that came from uh, Los Angeles <laughs> and from wherever else. So they, gazgazu, gazgazu means they, you know, hit the gas. And they uh, went to somewhere else, and yeah, go somewhere else, Kapara. Um, so New dead. York is not dead because the true New Yorkers are staying here, and um, and it's gonna be back, and it's gonna be amazing. And like, I mean, right now, yeah. right, like if you go on the subway during rush hour, yeah. that shit's still packed, bro. Like there are still people everywhere constantly all the, there's areas of new york city that i'm not willing like there's areas by my house that i am not willing to walk by oh my because god there are so many it's miami people. now a story is <laughs> like the new miami <laughs> no it's insane like i am convinced that all the frat boys have moved to astoria and they have taken over my town um and they're just like all over the place all of the time um getting drunk on the street that now like because all these streets now they've like shut yeah, down the streets so that people sure. can like you know safely be able to walk but then you just have all of the restaurants that have like moved their outdoor dining space into the street as well um it's pretty crazy but you know it, it, like god bless you guys if you're doing that just wear a freaking mask and be safe and don't take it off when you get drunk and you know lift you know they will a light bulb or some <laughs> shit like just and don't and don't get on a freaking revel Whatever you do when you're drunk, do not get on Revel. Stop freaking. Has that happened in Astoria? Because I saw, I saw, I know, because I, I saw like a a smashed Revel in my neighborhood. I was like, ooh, that that guy had a bad day. (laughs) Yeah. So bad. Well, they had to shut down. They had to shut them down. Yeah, they they shut them down for a while. And I think Revel like really came from a good place where, you know, they had, I think it was two people that actually died. Um, because of revels, yeah. Well, not because of revels, right? Because they were on a revel and then they hit like a pole or something and then they freaking died, right? Um, but it, so, I mean, whose fault it is? I don't know, whatever. Point is, is like they they shut it down for, for a couple of weeks. And I genuinely think that revel was in this place where they were like, you know, we don't want, you know, we don't want people to get hurt. We don't like, that's not our intention at all, right? We want to make it just easier for folks to be able to, to mobilize and move around. Um, and so they shut it down because they were like, we're going to figure out what we can do to make it better, to make it safer, et cetera. Um, and then they opened back up. So like major kudos to them. But I, I don't think that they should have ever really shut down to begin with, if you ask for my personal opinion, because I think that um, it didn't necessarily have much to do right. with them. It had more to do with the people that were driving the, the, you know, like I also see how, you know, a lot of folks like treat it, you know, because it's not theirs and because it doesn't belong to them. So they just, you know, treat it like it's garbage and just like, throw it on the street and like not even make an effort to like stand it up straight sometimes. And it's such a shame that people treat stuff like that. Um, because I, I think know that I, for really everyone listening, right Revel place. is a scooter. I guess they're only in New York. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think they are only in New York and you can also only ride them like between boroughs. Within the borough. Like, I, I, I biked to Brooklyn once and then took a Revel, but now I have my car in the city and like, yeah, I have a car in New York City. Uh, That's fun. So I like, I like, no, I pay how for How much fun is it to find parking? There's, oh, I, I, I was, I know, but how much fun Angie. was it before? Like, I remember you one decided. night was like an hour and a half. And we were on the phone and I was like, oh, is there, mm-hmm. oh, there's a, a 
fuck. <laughs> just like every five minutes. Like, oh, it was it's like that. Fuck, it's not a spot. Oh, fuck. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> For a straight hour and a half, he could not find a freaking spot. And then yeah. in the middle of the week, having to move the car because of alternate side parking. And there's so many trucks that also come in and like, you know, want to drop off stuff. Yeah. Well, before we close off today, I wanted to bring it to our last topic, which is um, Costco. We love Costco. And I have a theory that Israelis move to to America because they love Costco because Costco exists. Because you can get everything in bulk. Like you don't have bulk things in Israel. You have small things like... I mean, at least when our parents grew up in Israel, like right now it's more like, I guess, more globalized. But like when they grew up, it was like a more simpler, like life was simpler in Israel. You you didn't buy a lot of stuff. You had a few things, mm-hmm. um, especially the way my dad grew up. But but like Costco, you know, you have everything in Costco, Costco. Uh, but if you go to the Costco, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, it's it's perfect just because it's like it's, oh yeah it's for sure. For like I mean, it's, it's capitalism at its finest. But if you go to the Costco yeah. in North Jersey, you'll run into mm-hmm. every Israeli dad that lives in North Jersey at the same time. Like, so I remember mm-hmm. one time I went with my dad. I always go to mm-hmm. Costco with my dad. I see my aunt, my aunt Karen, <laughs> shopping. Hi Karen, this is like three years ago. I see Karen. Hi Karen. And then I see my Safta Dalia, my grandma. Yeah. And she didn't even see Dalia, me. And I was like, Dalia, Dalia. And she's like, I call my grandma by her first name because she doesn't like to think she's old. Um, but and then I was like, and she's like, oh, hi. And then we start talking. And then we co- continue through Costco. And then I see my, my dad's group of friends, like, just there. <laughs> and the thing is, like, you'll go, like, two times within a week. Two random times. And you'll see my yeah. dad's friends there. Every time. Just... I'm like, you, mm-hmm. why don't you just go to Costco twice a week? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you'll see them at Costco. Like, you, you don't need two yep. things of, like, like bulk toilet paper. You like, Are you going to buy, like, one thing now and then, like, a thing of, of, like, laundry detergent the next time? Like, what? Like, why don't you just all buy at once? Did you forget something at Costco mm-hmm. and it had to go the same week? <laughs> but it's the same people. It's always my dad's friends. Yeah. It's... It's so true. Yeah. And my dad does the same thing, though. He'll be like, oh, I'm on my way to Costco to buy water. And I'm like, there's no, because my dad is still one of those people that goes with the water bottles. Water. Don't ask me why I've been trying to get yeah. him to stop. They always, have a, they always have a case. Yeah. They always have like a case worst. of water bottles. It's literally. Yeah. It's the worst. The worst. But my dad actually buys like three of those cases. And then when they're all done, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to Costco to buy more water. And I'm like, yeah. But, Abby, you realize you could go to, like, any other supermarket and buy water, right? Like, you don't have to specifically go to Costco just to buy that. And he does it every single effing time. Yeah, also, oh, my all God. All my friends they from are Israel so that come here are obsessed with Costco. Like, every time I go to Costco, I actually, like, take pictures of things that, like, I know that they're going to want to remind them of them for when they do come here or if they want me to buy it for them so that you know I save it until I go there um but so many like oh I can I can make a list it, of all of the is q-tips on that list on Costco it's insane really no oh my gosh but do you know that I really? bought q-tips last at Costco John, I bought Q-tips last at Costco when um, when I first moved back from Israel, okay? So I've been back for now, like, one, two, 
like at least four, four or five years. I don't know, something like that. And do you realize that I'm still using the same pack from Costco that I bought then? And since then, um, my, my partner has also used those cute, like I'm not the only person, right? So (laughs) I had a roommate at one point, so he was also using the Q-tips. I remember he even made a joke about it. Shout out to Gordon. Um, he even made a joke about it at some point. He was like, well, we're never going to have Q-tips in this house. And I was like, I know, right, man? Um, and he was right because it's been freaking like five years, bro. And I still have those goddamn Q-tips. They never freaking end. And the rest of my apartment is like that too. I got stockpiles of toilet paper above my cabinets. I got baby wipes for days. I've got Clorox wipes for days. Um, I have laundry detergent out the ass. Um, do I not have like everything and also costco oh since the pandemic costco like started you know we we did a delivery in the beginning and i got a 50 pound bag of flour um yeah it's amazing it's incredible john you have no idea how much haul i've made um it's 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 insane but for whatever reason and i got this bag of freaking flour in like march or april and i still probably have like 20 pounds worth of flour in there (laughs) It's a never-ending bag of flour, um, and I can't can't seem to get so it I'm, to I'm, end. It's, I it's just did a uh, Costco haul with my dad, um, which is really I love. Like this is our father-son bonding time. Um, so I actually got some new um, um, house slippers and uh, Swiffer pads that will last me like two years, and paper mm. towels that I can't even fit in my paper towel holder. So I'm very I'm very excited. Uh, but I, um, well, what we do got you still use paper towels for? Yeah, yeah. So we're just like, cause I mean, oh, okay. It's just a little bit. I, 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 I know it's not eco friendly. You can call me out on that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, yeah. no. I think it makes sense though for yeah. the puppy because, like, when you're peeing, whatever, like, because my recommendation to no paper towels right. is like obviously use like cloth napkins and then. Um, for like cleaning, you yeah. know, like I get smuggled to theme, smuggled to theme is like rags. Um, but I get like microfiber towels. Um, and then I just wash them. Right, right. Them. We yes, wanted to get that. Puppy, I mean, we also, we also got a bidet. Place. So we use a Necessary. lot less toilet paper, mm-hmm. which I'm, I'm team bidet, like, mm-hmm. you know, shower clean. That's all I have to say. Shower clean. Um, but I, I, one time, okay. So I have a story for you. One time, I don't know if I told you this. I was with my dad probably two years ago. And I ran into your dad at Costco mm-hmm. and he went on a rant about you. Israel and she comes out a vegan leftist and like for like five minutes, like talking about your, your little brother was there and I was like, me and my dad were like, oh, can, yeah, can this boy. conversation end already? So, 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 like, yeah. actually, first of all, not surprising that you saw my dad at Costco. Second of all, that's not all he knows about that you. That's what my dad and the, has to say about me. Yeah. Well, he also, um, you know, he also I know, and studied economics when you didn't. Yeah. 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 No, it's absolutely amazing. It's really, it's really something. It's really something special. But you just, you know, there's some things that you just like learn to live with. And one of those things is, I've just learned to live with the fact that my dad will um, constantly be annoyed about the fact that I am not the right-wing <laughs> princess that he thought that I would be. 
it's so 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 sad but here I am um and that uh and that I'm a vegan which is uh, a terrible thing right um I am not the steak eating daughter apparently it's like the thing that's know, driving a wedge um, between your relationship though the vegan part especially yeah 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 to him yeah he's he's totally convinced that veganism is like the full reason that you know we can't hang out more is because i'm a vegan and what would he feed me um it's so it's so difficult but recently it's actually great because recently my brother um who's about to turn nine very soon um started asking me you know why um why i was eating differently um and and you know like you know why i don't eat meat and i told him um and he was like well i love animals too and it was so 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 sweet and then i had a moment with him where i also tried to explain to him so he prior to covid prior to the pandemic he used to come and sleep over like at least um at least once a month like for a weekend um and when he would come, I would make him things like, you know, I would make him uh, mac and cheese, obviously vegan. I would make him, uh, I made him a Beyond Burger, which he loved. I would make him hot dogs all the time and everything I would make him, he would love. And he would ask me, like, he would ask, he would come to me and I had never even made him mac and cheese. And he was just like, I want mac and cheese. And I was like, okay. Yeah. I was like, where did you eat mac and cheese? Because, you know, us Israelis, no, no, we don't eat no, we don't have mac and cheese. Mac and cheese. We don't have mac and cheese at home. There is, we don't eat, we don't I eat mean, I actually, I will say that my mom grew up in the United like the States, so I, did, do, okay? I did eat from the blue box, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> the mac and cheese blue box. It's a blue box, what blue yeah. box? Yeah. <laughs> ah, okay, this is interesting, okay, so, so, but this it is, is very uh, less common, less common for, uh, for Israel, okay? <laughs> Very less common. So when he came to me and he asked me to make a mac and cheese, I was like, kid, where did you learn about mac and cheese? Who are you? And what did you do with, with the little brother I thought I had? And he was like, oh, they have it at school. And I was like, okay, I'm going to make you some mac and cheese. And I made a mac and cheese, which actually also the sauce was a potato. It was carrot. Um, you know, it was, it was a few different vegetables together, nutritional yeast, mix that stuff up. Um, make it into this awesome sauce and he was obsessed with it had no idea that it was vegan so when he asked me recently about you know why I eat vegan um, I told him hey remember when you came over and I made you a burger and I made you hot dogs and I made you mac and cheese and like you know you ate all of those things and he was like yeah I was like that was vegan and he was like it was vegan and I was like yeah and he was like really like he was astonished like to the point where he called me a few days later and talked. And so had that what does your that dad think that you're trying to convert his son <laughs> to vegan? Oh, <laughs> but I no, will. But like, what does he think? Does he son. know? Because oh, like, I, I feel like your dad will get pissed <laughs> off. I can just imagine your dad like ranting like, eh, Angie, oh, yeah. trying to change my son to a vegan. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah, a hundred percent. It's ex- that's exactly what it's going to turn in into. Um, I can even give you a glimpse into that. Like when my brother, that was my dog that just talked. Ooh, again, how are you feeling, Papa? Good boy. Um, when um, recently, um, uh, what was I gonna say? I just had another thing about that, and I lost it. It's okay. Um. I forgot uh, what we were talking about. We, we so lost track it? of time, but I like uh, lost track of brain thing. Our brains aren't working. <laughs> brain thing. <laughs> brains, brains stopped yeah. working. Oh, oh, I was going to tell. Okay, yes, got it. So my little brother 
Um, we, so in New York, right, whenever there's, um, whenever the light is red for us to be able to walk on the crosswalk, um, we look right and left, right, and we make sure that there are no cars coming and we continue walking, right? We don't actually wait for the light to turn green. Um, we just continue walking as long as we see that there are no cars. Um, and when my little brother's here, right, we do that exact same thing, just make sure that he holds my hand um, and I have to check that there are no cars coming and then we can cross. So one day my, my dad calls me um, and he was like kind of angry, but kind of <laughs> laughing at the same time. And he was like, what did you do to my son? He came home and started telling me that you can cross the street um, if there are no cars coming, but you have to check first and you have to hold each other's hands and you can <laughs> only do it in Queens. You can't do it in New Jersey. You can only do this in Queens. And I, oh my God, we laughed about that so, so, so much. Put that so veganism that in that? Scenario and yeah. like, like add, yeah. And like add like, but like 10 times I, the angle. I mean, I can't wait um, to hear about it. Um, so we're going to, we're going to close like. off. Um, so this is our first episode. We, we ate yeah, the head. We ate, we ate the head. We're going to start, we're going to teach everybody. Who, yes. Achalno etarosh means that we ate the head. We ate the the the, yeah. the head, and it's uh, we it means we talked a lot. Achalno etarosh. Yeah, that's yeah. another Israeli Hebrew saying. Um, so in the future, we're gonna we're gonna explore new like more topics relating to Mizrahinist uh, Ashkenormativity uh, in the U.S. in the Jewish world, um, U.S. politics uh, through a Jewish lens, Israeli politics, uh, Zionism, which is a hot topic. Uh, culture, American culture, Israeli culture, Jewish culture, and other Jew, Jew stuff. Um, so um, thank you for listening to our first podcast. Yeah. Yes, thank you. And if you have topics too that you want us to talk about, feel free to let us know. Um, we're super open to new ideas. We'll talk about almost anything that right. we, you know, as long as we know enough about it, right? We're not going to sit here and talk about something that we don't know anything about. We're definitely not those people. <laughs> so, so don't try to talk to us about stuff that we know nothing about. Um, but but other than that, we'll talk about all of the stuff that, that we possibly can that we know about. And also stuff that we're, you know, that we could possibly research and learn about. Like, don't get me like <laughs> trying to study freaking chemistry right now, but like, you know. That makes sense. Anyway, (laughs) take care, everyone.